You can feel the heat of something sinister breathing down your neck. You try to run, but your legs are heavy, like you're wearing shoes made of lead. Dark creatures beckon you, and the darkness is filled with a menacing laugh. You see your best friend being dragged under the bed, screaming, and there's nothing you can do. Nothing. Then, without warning, something jumps at you from behind the bed. You try to scream, but you can't, and just as things seem to be at their worst, you wake with a start. Your breathing is heavy. You're in fight-or-flight mode. All your senses are screaming out, but it was just a dream, wasn't it? Tonight, we'll delve into the world of nightmares, your darkest dreams, with our special guest and nightmare expert, J.M. DeBoard. Plus, we have a special Paratune song tonight. That's next right here on the Best in Paranormal Podcasting. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is the Paranormal 60. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't know. He doesn't stand for baloney. and welcome. Tonight is a night predicated on nightmarish things. You don't believe me? It is December 5th after all, and that's Krampus night. For those of you that are not familiar with Krampus, Krampus is Santa's henchman, if you will. Many people think he is the anti-Santa, but he actually works and is friends with Santa as part of the original legend and lore. Krampus was sent out on December 5th to collect all the naughty children, all the children who disrespected their parents, who cursed, who broke the rules. He would beat them and shove them into a canvas sack and carry them off to eat them. So that when Christmas rolled around, St. Nicholas was ready to deliver presents to all the good children that were left behind. It's original mob formation, if you ask me. You had uh, your Tony Soprano, we call him St. Nick, and then you had your mob enforcer, Krampus. Well, tonight is an interesting night, a fun night. We're going to be talking about nightmares, and what better way to start than with some nightmare fuel? Guess what? It's time now for Paratunes. Thank you. Thank you very much. I hope you guys enjoy this next song. It uh, has a special connection to a good friend of ours, and you may even recognize the guest rapper on this next song. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Krampus Night. Remember, remember the 5th of December. It's Krampus Night here again. Remember, remember the 5th of December Bad kids will meet their end As Krampus comes just once a year The naughty kids will live in fear The chains will rattle, the footsteps clunk Scream, little child, there's nowhere to run 
His Krampus has a burlap sack He carries it upon his back While inside bad children squeal They don't know they're his next meal <laughs> Krampus lives in an ancient lair where shadows dwell with snake-like hair. Watch where you step, for bones will break. If your children are naughty, Krampus will take everything they are and bring them here. Be thankful, it's only once a year. Remember, remember the 5th of December Let's Krampus night here again Remember, remember the 5th of December Bad kids will meet their end Haven't you wondered on Christmas Day Why the bad kids were taken away Krampus did it This is true, you better behave And your ass is through Got a secret you have not heard Believe me, kitties, every word Santa and Krampus are actually friends Don't yell for Saint Nick when you meet your end Remember, remember the 5th of December It's Krampus night here again Remember, remember the 5th of December The bad kids will meet their end Remember, remember the 5th of December It's Krampus night here again Remember, remember the 5th of December The bad kids will meet their end Thank you to Sidetracks and, of course, the author of that song, Jeff Belanger, frequent guest and friend of the show. And believe it or not, Jeff has actually penned two haunted holiday songs. One actually appeared on a charity album along with some major musicians and and bands so stay tuned this month and you may just get to hear the second song as well i've also tasked jeff with an episode of upon further review for the holidays of course i chose a movie that i thought would suit him so we'll be hearing from jeff belanger later on this month as well Let's get to it, shall we? We've got an interesting topic and guest tonight, Nightmares, your guide to interpreting your darkest dreams. J.M. DeBoard, our guest, he is the most trusted name in dream interpretation. He's a best-selling author of several popular books about dreams, including Visible Ink Press's The Dream Interpretation Dictionary, Symbols, Signs, and Meanings known worldwide for demystifying dream interpretation and answering all questions about dreams, what they mean, and why we have them. He is the resident dream expert at reddit.com, and he is here with us tonight to talk to us and talk us through our nightmares. Hey, welcome back to the show. Good to see you, my friend. 
It is great to be here, Dave. Thanks for having me. And what a great intro song. Kudos to the writers and everybody involved in that. I really enjoyed it. Don't let him hear you say that. His ego will be out of control. But it's a lot of fun. Uh, good, weird time of year, right? And yeah. who didn't have nightmares about screwing up and having horrible Christmas, right? And not getting their Christmas gifts. And But that sounds more like just a bad dream, right? So, Jason, is there a difference between bad dreams and nightmares is there a, like a delineation line between what those two things are and what they mean it's a great place to start um you know a, a nightmare is a dream but a nightmare is next level bad dream you can have a bad dream an anxiety dream a stress dream but it usually it won't disturb you enough to wake you up and if you look into the medical literature on nightmares it's one of the things that they use to differentiate a bad dream from a nightmare is, does it wake you up? If it is emotionally jarring or personally jarring enough to wake you up, then it can be classified as a nightmare. So my book starts with what you might call the dark dreams, dark subjects and dreams, and then it works its way all the way over to those, you know, like in your introduction, the, uh, you know, the, the axe murderer is in your bedroom and after you, your best friend has just been drugged under the bed and the monster's eating it. Those are what we call, you know, nightmares. So um, it's there is a good differentiation there between what is a bad dream and what is a nightmare. And whether it wakes you up or not is the main way of telling the difference and also just the level of emotion that comes out in it. If it's strongly emotional, scary, jolts you awake or not, then I think you can classify it as a nightmare. You know, I had uh, I had this, uh, my kids loved to have sleepovers in my room as they were growing up. And my daughter would always want to sleep at the end of our bed. And my, my son Linus, when he was three or four, I had to make like a little nest of blankets next to the bed on my side of the bed. And I had this nightmare one night where uh, a tornado struck. And it was like tearing my house apart and I'm grabbing my kids and we're hiding underneath the kitchen table and Linus starts pulling away from me and I'm holding his hand as he's being sucked out of the house because it's already torn the back of the house off and I'm screaming and I, and he slips out of my sweaty, terrified palm and, and, and I scream and I sit up in my bed and I just start sobbing. It was so powerful. It wasn't just a dream. I mean, I felt every emotion of that and I reached down yeah pick my son up and I cradle him to me and I'm just sobbing and holding him. And he's got his little arms around me and he's patting me. It's okay, daddy. It's okay. And the next night uh, I go, Hey buddy, did you want to have a sleepover? And he goes, okay, daddy. But tonight, no, <laughs> don't go away. Linus <laughs> mocking his father for having a nightmare of losing his son. Yeah. But I think we're all struck with different aspects of nightmares and a lot of it, of course, psychological fuel. If I look back on that time, I look at just how things were up and upheaval in my life, right? I have a constant nightmare where my tongue actually starts sprouting hair and I can't talk. And I'm like, I'm trying to pull the hairs off, trying to get rid of them and they keep getting thicker and thicker in it. It's horrifying to me. And it's like embarrassing and creepy and weird all at the same time. But I guess like my biggest nightmare is not being able to do what I do, yeah. uh, speaking and, and doing radio. So that's psychological. But is there an element of the paranormal that really does inject itself into our dreams? 
Well, you know, you could say that anytime that you go to sleep and dream that you're in an altered state of consciousness and that it could open you up to experiences that you can't have in the daylight world. So there are, yes, uh, there is a paranormal element to dreaming just by mm -hmm. definition of what dreaming is. One of my favorite sources on this subject is Dr. Ruben Naiman at the University of Arizona. He's a sleep and dream specialist. He's a, a physician. And okay. he says that every time we go to sleep, that we have an out-of-body experience because our bodies are shut down and our awareness is disconnected from the physical self. So you are actually, if you think of out-of-body experience as being on that spectrum of what makes something paranormal, then I could see that easily fitting the uh, definition of what makes something paranormal. Now, of course, as a moderator at Reddit, uh, I'm a, I've been at Reddit Dreams, r slash dreams in Reddit talk uh, for many years, and I've seen a lot of people come through there and share their dreams and their experiences. And there are, it's probably one of the number one questions with dreams that are, uh, that kind of disturb people or really make them go, huh, is, was it a paranormal experience? And what I tell them is let's not default to that because we mm -hmm. want to work through the dream content to see if we can find whether it used what you might call a paranormal theme to just tell an ordinary dream story. But as I share in my book, I had an experience with a nightmare that began when I was nine years old and continued as a theme in my life. And even as what I felt like was contact with the bad guy in the dream in my waking life. And would you, I, I know that this is a big part of your book and a big part of the story. And again, we do have a link for the book on tonight's program guide. So you can find it nightmares, your guide to interpreting your darkest dreams by JM DeBoard. Um, so can you go into that a little bit? And we do have some listeners and viewers who are in our green room. I'm going to bring up in a little bit um, that want you to kind of weigh in on these nightmare moments. And, and for those of you in the green room, do me a favor. In the time that you have between now and when we call you on, be succinct. Think of the best way to tell the story in just a couple of minutes. I, I I don't want you dragging into a 15 to 20 minute nightmare. I know sometimes that's where we go with it, but try to be succinct with it. Give us, you know, maybe three to four tops of the dream okay. um, so that, uh, you know, our guests can actually start working on it instead of 15 minutes of blathering and then trying to go back and hit every bullet point. So uh, think about that as we go. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pull myself back and let you have the floor here because I'd like people to hear your story and a little bit more behind it uh, as we uh, discuss nightmares and and why this this topic was so important for you to write about. What what was your experience? Yeah, thank you. I I didn't want to share this story, and I was asked about it on a Jim Harold's show. Uh, a few years ago, uh, I wasn't asked directly. Um, someone shared an experience they had where they encountered a dark being in their dream and a nightmare and kept encountering it. And they felt like there was more to it than just the ordinary symbolism. And they had tried working through the dream using techniques of dream interpretation, and it wasn't getting them anywhere. And I felt like I needed to validate this person's experience by sharing my own. 
So here it goes. It is told in the book. I, when I was nine years old, I had a dream that I was biking down the uh, streets of my neighborhood and there was, I become aware that there's a man and a convertible black car behind me. And I just know that he wants my soul. Now, as a nine-year-old, I said my prayers before bed, but we weren't particularly religious or anything in my family. And, you know, I didn't even really know what a soul is, but I understood it to be the most important part of who I am. And this man wanted to claim it, which meant I would die and he would have the most important part of me. So, you know, wake up sweaty, screaming, terrified from that dream, realize that it's okay, it's a nightmare. The bad man kind of goes away. Well, a few years later, I was in an enrichment class where my teacher brought in a dream analyst and the analyst said, hey, does anybody have a nightmare that's really stuck with them and they want to work through it? And I'm like, yeah, right here. So I explained the nightmare to him and he takes me into a regression process, kind of a light hypnosis and asks me to find a resolution for the nightmare. And I see these two families on opposite sides and it's like a Hatfields and McCoys situation where they're in a blood feud and i think well you know fighting is wrong and hurting each other is bad so why don't y'all just stop it and that was my 12 or 13 year old logic and uh well it it the situation turned really unstable the analyst pulled me out of the regression and i as i say in the book i went like a wounded animal into my teenage years with something pursuing me following the blood trail and I didn't really have the nightmares repeat as far as I remember. But when I hit my 20s, I started doing dream work and really paying close attention to my dreams. And I noticed that this bad man was popping up again and again. And he, he felt like he was a presence in my life, not just in my dreams, but in my waking world. So um, I had- Now, can I ask dream. you, yeah. do, does this make it a recurring dream or a recurring theme? Well, I would call it a recurring theme because a recurring dream usually picks up with, it's kind of like ep there's episodic recurring dreams, which are like episodes of a TV show that go from, you know, through episode to episode, kind of continuing a story or like sequels to a movie. And then you have themes that work through your dreams that can pop up time and again. And almost everyone has these recurring themes in their dreams. It's not uncommon to have recurring nightmares. Um, even for adults, you know, they usually go away during our teenage years at some point, at least the sorts of ones that hit you night after night, like can be pretty common with children. But they're, you know, in the adult world, you can also have this happen to you. And it was happening to me. Um, he came for me one night and um, at, sent his minions. He, he Sometimes he wouldn't show up. He would send his henchmen. And I said, no, we're, I, tell me where he is. We're, we're going to fight this out. And it was kind of like Return of the Jedi. I go walking into the Death Star and there's the Dark Lord. It's him. It's the Dark Master. That's what the dream called him. And I see him in a coffin and he's just laying there and he looks like he's helpless. So I grab hold around his neck and I start choking him and it feels like I'm squishing a dead fish. And he just laughs because he's getting me to feed off of my anger and feed into my dark emotions. And I realized that it took me a while to realize this, but at the moment I had the intuition that if I fought him that way, I would become him. It's the same way in the Star Wars mythology that Luke says, you can't fight darkness with darkness or you'll become the darkness. And that's what happened to Darth Vader in a way. 
So that mythology informed me on what was happening, but it wasn't making the dreams, it wasn't resolving the nightmares. And so finally, in my late 30s, I had an experience where I was back in the gutter again. My personal life was falling apart and I was really feeling hopeless. And a friend who was aware of the situation referred me to a shaman that she had used after her husband died in a bicycling accident, died suddenly as a young, you know, young adult. And he helped her and she said, I think he can help you. So I made the appointment, went to his office and uh, we, for the next 90 minutes after you heard my story, we went into the dream as if it was a space that you could enter into. And we kept going further and further into it until we found the man himself. And the way that the shaman explained it to me is, is that this man was someone who centuries ago, many generations back, had been hired to cast a curse on my family after one of my family members did something terrible. He said that she had stolen the husband of a woman in another family. So that original insight that I had about a Hatfield McCoy's kind of family feud was somewhat accurate, at least the way that the shaman explained it. And it all culminated with me gaining what you might call a metaphysical communication line to that man, wherever he is in the afterlife, and having a moment where I could either hate him or forgive him. And I said mm -hmm. that in the name of my family and in the name of myself, despite all the pain and hardship you've caused for me and for other members of my family, I forgive you. And I saw this pyramid of light form around my body. Uh, and it shot to the top and there was this suction of energy that went up through me and it sucked that darkness right up and out. So, uh, I, uh, <laughs> as a, somebody who teaches traditional dream interpretation, Dave, I don't usually talk about this story very much, but because it can make people think, oh, this guy's off the deep end. Um, but I felt like I needed to validate other people's experiences. Right. And the moment when the publisher came to me and said, we want you to write a book about nightmares, my first reaction was, there's no way I'm telling this story. Um, but as I sat with it longer, I realized that this isn't just about me anymore. Um, this is about all of you out there who've struggled with something dark in your life that it wasn't going away unless you did something dramatic to confront and resolve it. So. That's my story. Well, I appreciate you coming forward to do that. I know it's tough sometimes to give over that part of us, the sensitive side that allows people in to see our own weaknesses. But this yeah. sounds, uh, Jason, very much like a um, like a supernatural element, especially when you're talking about whatever this thing is has a tie uh, generationally to you and your family. Yeah, it was that was that pretty shocking for you to uncover? Yeah, it was. And in, in the, when the shaman um, went and he, I told him, the, I gave him the outline of why I'm sitting there in his office and needing his help. And this guy's a counselor by day. He's also an energy worker. You know, he, he's from Long Island. And, you know, he's got this salty sense of humor. Uh, just a very, his name's Steve Rogat. He's just a fascinating guy. And um, when I explained all this to him, he kind of goes up into his mind and consults his, he calls it consulting his spirit guides. And uh, he comes back and he starts giving me details and filling in blanks that I hadn't told him. It was, it was really fascinating the way that he did that. And like for him mm -hmm. to come out and say, 
that this was a curse against the women in my family on my maternal side, that they would marry tragic men. And how would he know that as far back as we can trace, you know, my, my grandmother, bless her heart, she outlived five husbands. And there was there were probably people who would say that she was the death of them all. Um, but <laughs> she was, she was uh, you know. I will tell you, maybe I've done true crime episodes too long, but that did just cross my mind. <laughs> you know, I mean, in, in the sense that she was just, uh, she was a tough as nails, uh, hard woman, uh, drank a lot, swore a lot, smoked a lot, you know, but she also married men like that. Um, and, you know, it carried on down the generations. As far as I know, my great grandmother also married a tragic man. My father, I love my father. He's still alive. He was my, my mom's first husband. And you might call him a tragic man, too. So it was to make a strong statement like that and not know anything about me that could easily repel, repel me if it's inaccurate. Um, it told me that this man, Steve, actually knew what he was doing and he was able to access information uh, paranormally. Although I found mm -hmm. out that this kind of telepathic communication is the use of intuition. It's actually a perfectly natural ability. Um, but it was, yeah, there was a supernatural element to it. Dave, this man seemed to appear in my life as a force that congealed behind the scenes. And when I was doing really well and being a warrior for the light, uh, just somebody, I was really together and helping people and helping myself and a positive force in this world. This man sent everything at me, including the kitchen sink to try to get me off a of track. And when I was not doing so well, when I was stuck in addiction and darkness and spiraling, he kind of stayed away and stayed out of it. And my sense of him is, is that that was his job. His job was to try to get me off of track. And he did a very good job of it. And he could send people in situations my way that seemed to be designed to do just that. Mm -hmm. When I would be doing really well, the temptation that I couldn't resist would come along and get me away from who and what I really am. You know, I even had a time when there was a man who I was trying to help a friend of mine who was really hurting. He'd, he'd, I didn't know it at the time, but he had started smoking crack. Longtime friend of mine, and he was ashamed of it. He was hiding it from all of us, all of his friends. But I knew that there was something really powerful going on in his life. I went over to his house one day. And we're sitting there talking quietly, even a lighter conversation than this. And there was a man who walked by whose head went and looked at us with the most evil look in his eyes. And he looks at me and he goes, cut out that shit right now. Like something was speaking through him. And that was, I mean, I got the goosebumps. I mean, that was just like, I could feel that there was a presence there that was not just this person, but something that was inhabiting them. And I encountered that many times. And if you want to call it supernatural, you know, uh, that's, that's what it was. That's the right word to, you know. Well, yeah. Looking in my supernatural uh, dictionary, that's right in there. That seems yeah. to fit. All right, before uh, we've got people waiting to have you interpret their dreams, but we do have a couple quick questions. Uh, I want to see if we can uh, hit. Aaron Higgins pops up with, "Is it common to have nightmares but not remember them?" No, I would say not because the nightmare is designed to be memorable, and if it jolts you awake, you have a moment to be able to pull it into long-term memory. 
-hmm. The nature of dream memory is that it's very, it's a special type of short-term memory that's easily overwritten. So uh, if you wake up, you have the opportunity to take it from short-term memory into a longer-term memory just by reviewing it. Now, if you forget it, I don't know how you would know you had a nightmare other than maybe someone tells you you were thrashing in your sleep. Now we could get into, yeah, that's pretty common actually, where if you have like a, a sleep partner and they say, hey, last night you were moaning, groaning, you were talking, you know, some, sounded like something was out to get you. It really sounded like you were having a nightmare and you're going, wow, I don't remember anything about that. Well, you know, I mean, there's enough stories out there where people will say, yeah, that's that's me on an almost nightly basis, or at least it happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it can be common, but you're going to remember a nightmare if it wakes you up. Um, and if you're in that situation where people are telling you that you're having uh, nightmares, but you're not waking up from them, then I would suggest that you really focus in on using the tips for dream recall, especially having a notebook next to your bed and telling yourself before you go to sleep that you want to remember your dreams and then giving yourself that opportunity first thing when you wake up. Remember, dream memories are very short term. The memory, the type of memory is easily overwritten. So if you start thinking about something else when you wake up, you're really reducing the chances that you're going to remember your dreams. You have about a five minute window of opportunity when you wake up to remember your dreams. That's not true for everyone. This is based on studies. But as an average, yeah, about five minutes for the average person on the average day. So, I understand Aaron's question too. I mean, there are times I wake up with a start and I know I just came out of a bad dream, but for the life of me, I can't remember what it was, but I'm like, what the hell? That was terrifying. But what was it? So uh, yeah. now maybe that fits in with this. A couple people have popped up and I'll, I'll throw them up real quick. Donna C and uh, what is it? Patty, I think both ask, how are nightmares different than night terrors? I'm glad you asked that question, Patty. And I saw someone else asked it too. By the way, your, my screen is over here. So I look over here every once in a while. Um, the Okay, a nightmare is different from a night terror because a night terror is an energetic experience in your body that can have the the dreaming mind, if you're dreaming and something happens to you physically, your dreaming mind will respond to it, whether it's something you feel physically or you feel emotionally or a sound you hear in your environment. The dreaming mind is a translator and it takes any input it receives and translates it into symbolic imagery. But mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine who had night tears and I really tried to use the techniques of dream interpretation to help him. And we got really nowhere with it. I mean, other than him being able to tell me his story and maybe get a little bit of relief, but it really wasn't helping him. And what I came to realize is that his night tears were being produced because when he went to sleep, his body and mind relaxed enough to be able to release the charges of traumatic energy that was stored in his body. He had experienced traumas as a child and as a teenager that most people will have no idea that what it's like. To have, why, for example, your stepfather point a shotgun at you and tell you he's going to kill you. And you have that surge of adrenaline goes into your body, but you're frozen in place. And if you don't do an immediate response after the traumatic situation is over to release that energy out of you and get out of the situation that's causing the trauma in the first place, then it's going to store inside of your body. When that when it can be decades, years or decades later, 
when that energy releases because you're now asleep and you're able to relax enough to let the energy go it hits your body's your nervous system with the same force as it did originally so mm -hmm. now there you are asleep dreaming and you have the experience of a full-blown traumatizing situation the emergency response system in your body activates and the nightmares of i, I shouldn't call them nightmares the night terrors are like something out of a love like lovecraft couldn't even imagine some of this stuff you know bodies boiling in liquid lava you know mm. being filleted alive and having alcohol poured in your skin uh my friend told a story of one of his where his little nephew was uh uh was being like boiled alive and he was screaming for help and he wanted mm. to save the boy but he couldn't get to him i mean just terrible stuff so yeah. that's how I would define a night terror as opposed to a nightmare. And the solution or the, the treatment or therapeutic approach to it is more energy based. You need to work on getting that energy out of your body through things that work on the body. There is a system called embodied dream work, by the way, and there are pra trained practitioners in it that can help you with this. But in the end, things like martial arts, Qigong, yoga, uh, breath work, Things like this that work in a body and nervous system basis are going to be better for you than traditional dream analysis in most cases. All right. Well, before we wrap up tonight, I know the one question thematically I'm seeing there and in my messages is how do we stop having these dreams? So we'll cover that at the end. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk with uh, some of our, our listeners and viewers that are waiting uh, that want to be heard, want to share their story, want to understand what's going on in their world. We'll do that when we return to the very best in paranormal podcasting. I'm Dave Schrader, and you're listening to The Paranormal 60. You can take The Paranormal 60 with you wherever you go now. We are available on just about every audio platform out there. You can also follow and subscribe on YouTube at the Paranormal 60 channel. So you can watch and see all the photographs, see all the great guests that call in, see all of the amazing listeners that are part of this. So you're not missing out on it. If you're listening on the audio and you want to go more in depth, go check out the video versions of each one of these episodes. They're available. They're free. They're fun. They're on YouTube. Go check them out at the Paranormal 60 podcast on YouTube. This year, you can join me on the road as we go out in search of the supernatural together. Dark supernatural trails of Germany and Prague. We're going to be doing that in July. That's right. You can come with me. We will see Berg Frankenstein, the castle of Frankenstein. We will see the Sedlik Ossuary, the Bone Church, and so much more. You don't want to miss this opportunity to see some of the most compelling historic and haunted locations in the world. We'd love for you to join us in Germany and Prague this summer. More information can be found at darknessevents.com. That's darknessevents.com. And you can also join me this February, February 12th through the 23rd for 12 days and 11 magical nights as we visit Egypt. We're going to go in search of lost treasures and mummies and, and pharaohs and fun. It's going to be an amazing time. Plus, did I mention we get access to Howard Carter's home, the man who discovered King Tut on the 100th anniversary of the opening of King Tut's tomb. So if you are interested and you'd like to join me, hurry up and sign up, darknessevents.com. That's darknessevents.com. Take the adventure of a lifetime. Maybe you're somebody that wants to stay a little closer to home. 
Southern California is pretty close to home for some of you. The Fear Fair is coming up January 13th through the 15th in Southern California, San Bernardino, California. If you'd like to join me, I will be there. It's going to be a party. Concerts, shopping, paranormal chats, haunts and attractions, variety acts, film festivals, special guests, a lot of fun. We'd like to see you there. You can get information about that at thefearfair.com spell fair with an E at the end, or just go to darknessevents.com and keep up to date on all the cool things that uh, I'm a part of and where you can see me next. Tonight, we're talking nightmares, and we're talking with the author of the book, Nightmares, Your Guide to Interpreting Your Darkest Dreams. The book is out and available, and I've got a link for it on tonight's program guide. JM DeBoard, our guest. All right, we've got people waiting that have questions, they have nightmares, and they need answers. Are you ready to go for this? I sure am. And let me be clear that I can help people through the process of dream interpretation, but I'm not here to interpret their dreams because they need to claim that power for themselves. It's one of the things that I say in my book. When you have nightmares, they're prompting you to claim your, you have to take responsibility for them. And that begins with trying to understand them. But I'm happy to give my feedback and suggestions. Great. Let's start off. We've got Laura joining us. Laura, where are you uh, calling in from tonight? The UK. The UK. Boy, you stayed up late. Thank you so much Mm -hmm. for doing this. Laura, I just need you to lean a little closer to the microphone and talk loud so we can hear you. All right. So tell us what what nightmare has been plaguing you? Um, It's a recurring nightmare. Um, Basically, I'm I'm on an investigation, a paranormal investigation with Zach Bagan in a lighthouse. Uh, we're going up these stairs, something scares us, don't know what it is. We run down the stairs um, and the door that we came through is gone um, and we both start having a panic attack and then I wake up sweaty and I'm terrified to go to sleep for nights after in case I have it again. Hmm. You know, the uh, uh, Laura... The upward movement, like going upstairs in a dream, is often a dream's symbolic way of saying that you're going up into your own mind or in your spirit or being. And when there's something that's scary up there, and this is a pretty common recurring theme in dreams and, of course, nightmares, is it means that there may be something like a memory that you don't want to touch on, um, a thought you know, like if you ever heard someone says, there are times when I scare even myself, you know, like they know that somewhere deep in their mind that there are things going on that they don't want other people to know about. Sometimes they don't even want to know about it themselves. And a dream needs to create a scenario that helps to express that idea. So it puts you into this, you know, the the it creates kind of a haunting atmosphere. You're already on a like a paranormal uh, adventure, right? Mm-hmm. And you're and you're going up into these stairs and going up into what I thought you said was a lighthouse, and yeah. you know, a, a lighthouse is shaped like a tower, and this is kind of classic dream symbolism. A tower can mean knowledge, so. What I would say, what I do, you think that there is something up there that you don't want to know about? Yeah, probably. 
And do you think it maybe uh, would it be something if I said, do you think this is kind of a memory that something happened in your life that you just don't want to think about and your dreaming mind is trying to take you there? Or do you think it would be more like maybe something about yourself that you don't want to know? Probably something in my life. Okay. This would be the, a lot of times the information that's kind of hidden in the background of a dream can be readily accessed. The very fact that you dreamed about it in the first place means that it's coming forward. So what I would suggest that you do is after the next time you have one of those dreams and you wake up from it is to sit and make yourself calm and relaxed as you can. I realize when you wake up, your heart's beating, you're sweating, you know, like it might take a moment to kind of physically calm down and just ask yourself the question, what is up there that I don't want to know? And have your courage with you because you're going to need it. But you might find that it's not as bad as you think. You know, I mean, there might have been something that happened to you that you just don't want to have to touch on. But here's one of the things from dream psychology that might help you to know is when, when your dreams bring up something from the past that was too hard to, to deal with at the time, it's because you're ready to deal with it now. It's, it's showing that you've had enough time and, and gathered enough resources that you can do it. And if you need to, you can go through uh, dream interpretation techniques. One of them is from my friend, Linda Schiller, who wrote a book called PTS Dreams. And in it, she suggests that you go back into the dream, but you go back armed with allies and friends and loved ones, whoever makes you feel strong and comfortable. And you go back into that dream space and try to get further than that point where you were too scared to go on. And she said that she has seen in her work as a therapist many times that it produces remarkable results, that you can finally get over the hump that keeps, you know, you keep rolling back downhill, you know, because you can't get over, you can't crest over the top and get past the thing that's been holding you back. You might be able to do it by using a technique like that where you bring with you the allies and even like you know the items is there something that you go on a paranormal search with that makes you feel strong and comfortable you know your em reader your 10,000 lumen flashlight you know or even just clutching the arm of your best friend if you can do that in the dream space or afterwards as you remember the dream and kind of re-enter it then I think that it has a good chance of helping you to make progress past that point where you're stuck. Yeah. And yeah. Laura too, it, it makes a lot of sense. Lighthouses have, have long been things of beacon of light. They're, they're searching, they're signaling out. And here you're going up with somebody you respect in the paranormal field and you get up to the top. Something is unnerving, sends you back down because that's our natural fight or flight moment. You get there and the door in which you came in is now gone. So maybe it's at that point, you take a couple deep breaths and, and start putting this in your mind in waking moments that you're going to turn back and go back up those stairs. Fear, false evidence that appears real. It's only something we are afraid of because we don't know what it is yet. And sometimes by going up those stairs, maybe it's time to change out, uh, you know, Winnie the Pooh, Zach Baggins for Piglet, Dave Schrader, and go back <laughs> up those stairs and and uh, have somebody that's going to hold your hand and go through uh, that that spot. Maybe, maybe Zach is your anchor 
but you're still feeling fear, then call in the rest of the crew or somebody to go back up there with you. And sometimes once you crack that door, what the frightening part is, is just like in life, it's making that first step. And until you do that, once you open that door, you may find that the answers are waiting there for you on something that's been bothering and tying you down and and making you curl up into that little ball because you're obviously, I'm just going to guess on this, Laura, you've got some big things in your life that you're facing and you're trying to make the right decisions for. And that's scary as as a kid or an adult. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Go in with that idea and allow yourself to have those moments, but don't walk in a place of fear. That's that's tougher to to do than it is to say. But you know, once you start realizing this recurring dream, that's part of it. I think Jam would would agree with this. Once you realize that there is a pattern and reoccurring, it's up to you to start making the changes. And lucid dreaming, there are a lot of great books on that, and there's. This book will teach you quite a bit on how to deal with yeah. nightmares and what you're dealing with. So take that knowledge and I hope it helps you a little bit. Thank you for staying up late with us, Laura, or getting up thank early. You. I guess it's the UK, so it's like five in the staying morning up. there. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Laura. Great. Uh, all right, let's jump over. We've got uh, Nikki. Nikki, where are you calling in from? Oh, hi, guys. Hi, JM. Hi, hey, Dave. Um, hi, Nikki. I'm in Colorado tonight. Um, okay. And I did stay up late because I saw your topic on Facebook, Dave, and um, thank you. Um, sure. Mine is a more general question. Um, I guess in general, I have these dreams that are so vivid every night that it's almost like me talking to you guys. Like I see mm-hmm. people, I have conversations, I read things. I mean, it's like, my normal day-to-day in my subconscious. I also have lucid dreams since I was a child. Mm. And it's like, you wake up in the dream and you're like, woo! And you can like, you get excited. (laughs) You're like, oh, I can go fly here and there and make anything I want. And I just like, I wonder what creates that. The last lucid dream I had was about two nights ago. And that was actually a nightmare. And I've never had a a bad lucid dream, but this one I was back in my childhood home, which going to the paranormal was very haunted and is kind of a, you know, some memories there, but I was walking through the hallway, going down the stairs and I just realized like something's off here. Oh, I'm awake. Like I'm dreaming, you know, but I'm awake in the dream. And normally lucid dreams are great, but I was, going down the stairs, realized I was in the lucid dream and I like my body like imploded and it turned into this horrible experience where like my body was just like caving in on itself. It was very painful. I was trying to open the door at the bottom of the stairs and I like screamed and I'm like, I got to get out of this. And I woke up screaming. So like, I don't know what my question is here, but it's just, I'm curious about vivid dreams, lucid dreams. And why was this dream the last one I had so bad? Well, yeah, uh, just a real simple yeah. kind of answer. Jam. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I ran across some information on this recently and I'm Nikki, I'm glad you asked this question because there are a lot of people out there who have their dream life. Isn't necessarily full of fantastic creatures and surreal it's very reflective of their daily reality and of 
physical reality. They go about having experiences in their dreams that are that mirror uh, experiences in waking life, but and with a twist every once in a while, like what happened in your recent one. But what this first of all, I want to assure you that the thing that I read about this, and this was came from the academic study of dreams, is that people who have very real dreams like that tend to be people who are well adjusted. Uh, they're they're well adjusted to life and very grounded in the everyday experience of it. And their dreaming mind is reflecting for them what their reality is like. It's very grounded, very real. Um, and it's so well adjusted and psychologically healthy. I hope that those words are, I'm looking over at you now. <laughs> I don't know about that, but okay. Well, maybe, uh, maybe more so than you realize, but I think that yeah. the, the last dream that you're talking about that feeling of imploding in on yourself, I would, the first thing, if we were in a dream work session is I would, uh, begin with asking you whether or not that is a feeling that you've ever had, like, is the world closing in on you? Is there a feeling of suffocation or too much pressure? Is there anything like that going on in your life? Oh, big time. And not only that, um, just I'll be concise here, but I, I do some pet sitting for people sometimes. And this so do I. That. It, it's, <laughs> Like I love animals, Me but, too. um, this house I was in was super like, I'm no stranger to the paranormal and I don't get scared by it, but this house was very oppressive and very scary for me. And I felt oh. like it was almost demonic and like, I've never felt that way. I mean, it made me sick to my stomach. I wouldn't sleep upstairs in the bedroom. I slept downstairs on the floor. There were dead flies everywhere. My car Ooh. broke down. My hairdryer blew up. And it was like the scariest three weeks of my life. Um, so it, the location was scary, but yes, then also like my car's breaking down and all this stuff's going on. So it was just a freaky situation where I was at, but my life is also struggling at the same okay. time. Um, the, uh, and I think Dave can uh, speak to this too, is when you get into places that have um a strong energy to them uh that it will bring out more of whatever's already inside of you i was uh, terrified it was terrifying at that house yeah when, well, and that's so, that's quantum physics that's again the entanglement theory you were mm -hmm. there for so long that you're entangled into that so that i wouldn't be surprised that you're going to have remnants and echoes of that that'll still play out in adulthood throughout your life yeah but I'm not usually scared of paranormal. I'm like, I've seen it no. all my life. But this Sure, but sometimes things come unsettling. And, and because you're familiar with the paranormal, mm -hmm. you then ascribe the unsettling nature of the implosion mm -hmm. and what's going on to something yeah. scary, naming it the paranormal, as opposed to, as Jam brought up, you're having issues in your own life. And that's what the implosion feels like. So mm -hmm. we want to ascribe it to something um, maybe that we can, you know, oh, paranormal, right? He said that at the beginning of the show. Sometimes we want it to be something other than what it truly is because maybe facing that is less scary than facing the reality of what our situation is. Mm -hmm. And uh, Nikki, if I can give you a, a suggestion, uh, there is a technique called spirit releasement therapy. I believe it's Baldwin, William Baldwin, but I might have the name juxtaposed. 
anyway, I learned something from it. I, I got real curious about it because they use it as a sort of psychological exorcism. And in cases where there's been, you know, paranormal activity, spiritual activity, um, they acknowledge the reality of this while also saying that there's almost always a psychological component to this stuff. So they try to bring both to the table. And there was a technique that they taught, which is basically it's like the burst of light from within you. They, they tell you to generate a charge in your solar plexus, feel that energy build up and then have it blow out in all directions like pure white light and that anything that's dark that might be in your energy field or attached to you will get really uncomfortable and head for the exit. Um, and I found that it works even just as a mood lifter. But if there's time when something feels like it's oppressing me, uh, when it's dark and I don't want it in my energy field, I use that technique and I found it to be very helpful. And it carries over because it gives you something to fight back with. When you're being subjected to something that seems that's invisible because it's energetic or quantum in nature, and it's got, you know, it's got its sights set on you, it can make you feel powerless because you don't know how to fight back. And you can't grab a gun or a knife or a baseball bat. You can't even call for, you know, a friend to come over and help you because there's nothing there to fight. The fight is within your own self and your spirit. So if you can be armed with things that you can respond with, then it really helps to dispel that fear. Uh, Dave used an acronym early earlier about fear, what it stands for. And I can't repeat it right now because I can't remember it. But I was like, false, yeah. false evidence appearing real, false <laughs> evidence appearing real. Yeah. Fear itself is illusory. And one of the things I learned through my struggle with that or that ordeal with 30 years of nightmare and having this dark man seemingly trying to claim my soul. One of the things that I learned from that is that the he was feeding off of my energy and attention and the um, by pulling it back into myself and not being afraid of him anymore, it basically took all the wind out of his sails. I asked that shaman, I said, are there times that you seem to encounter people who are possessed or they have like a real darkness about them? He said, yeah, I've, I've encountered that. And I said, well, what do you do about it? As he, and he said, it's not real in my world. In my world, this stuff has no power. It doesn't exist. He's like, if I try taking it any further and start splitting hairs, like, well, it exists in their mind. It exists energetically. It exists spiritually. He says, I'm just giving it attention and energy. What I found is withdrawing all of my attention and energy from it makes it go away and it never bothers me again. So I would suggest that for anyone else out there who's maybe uh, feeling like they're also oppressed by something. That is a word that is used a lot in uh, the field of exorcism. They Some people call it an oppression or, you know, that it's just a word you hear a lot because it describes mm -hmm. how a person feels like there's just something that's clamped down and just continues pressing harder and harder on them. I, I think you deserve to be released from that. And if you can oh. do it in a dream, yeah. <laughs> it will empower you like nothing else. Yeah. I mean, uh, thank you. That's great information. But yeah, I woke up and I was praying to God, like clutching the Bible that, <laughs> that morning. So it was, yeah. just, it was that kind of situation. Um, and I think now that I'm away from that situation, it's a lot better. But like, I'm going to work on that, what you said about the the light and purging everything and not giving attention to those. you know a really great 
great thing to do too at night is if you're feeling these stresses and you're afraid of taking them into your dream realm, you know, I've done this with my daughters for years is I will have them lay down, do so, a couple of deep breathing exercises. And I tell them to just imagine your entire body filled with black smoke and that with every breath you take in through the nose, with every breath you take in through the nose, it's golden light that comes in and pushes the black smoke down. Wow. And you keep doing these deep breaths until you see just glowing inside you, pushing that negativity, the bad feelings, the sour day, whatever you've had out. And that always seems to a help them relax a lot more, but also keeps their mind from going into darker places. So that might be just a little trick that you can try for yourself as well. Uh, you know, obviously we can't tackle everything we do in life through dreams, but by understanding what the dream is telling you might start to give you some empowerment as, as JM brought up and give you a chance to, uh, embolden yourself in dream life and in the real world. So thank you, Nikki. And we wish you the best of luck with this journey. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you for Nikki. staying up late with us. Yeah. Um, I know, boy, we're coming up, but I, I've got a couple more people in the, the, um, green room. Right? Okay, yeah. Late. yeah, let's do that. I, I, uh, you know, I will say one of the funny things is she's talking about dreaming about regular life. I remember having a dream when I was in sales a number of years ago and I'm in my car rushing, trying to get to work. I'm late. It's driving me crazy. What's going on? I keep looking at the clock and the numbers are changing. And all of a sudden I realize, wait, I'm having a dream. I'm having a dream about going to work. What the, so I have a lucid dream. So the nightmare to me was my God, my, my real world is crashing into my dream world. Uh, so I get that, that sense. And that's, that's uh, even more terrifying to me. We've got uh, Julie Lee who stayed up with us. Julie, where are you calling in from tonight? Uh, Bellevue, Washington, Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Hey, um, I, I appreciate the invitation and sure. this has definitely been, uh, the trip of all trips to listen to you, JM and Dave. Uh, it's definitely an honor because I have followed you since I started watching the Holzer files years Thank ago. Um, my thing is I found out um, probably about 30 years ago that I was, you know, quote unquote gifted. Okay. And I had to uncover those gifts on my own. And found out through personal exploration and whatnot that I have developed clairsentience and I do psychometry and I have been helping spirits passing over uh. for several years. And I have had some of the most vicious nightmares recently um, of my son who just recently turned 18. Um, we have, we were somewhere in a war zone and I've, I've never been in a war zone. I was, I'm a military veteran. I was, I was in the Navy 30 years ago, never served in a war zone, but we were somewhere in an active war zone, like Syria or somewhere where people were bombing and shooting, you know, RPGs and things like that. People were screaming, yelling, Bombs were flying, uh, buildings were exploding, um, shrapnel was going everywhere, people were screaming at each other, crying, smoke was everywhere, and all of a sudden, I can't find my son, mm -hmm. and I'm going around buildings in and out with you know, some kind of a weapon in my hand, looking, going, okay, where where are you, Brandon, where are you, and... I find him slumped up against a wall 
with a gaping hole in his midsection, mm-hmm. like somebody had gutted him with a bayonet. And I thought, oh, wait a second, this was like the time period we were in looked like it was more recent within the last 10 or 15 years. But he was dressed in period garb from the Revolutionary War. Okay. And Mm. we also discovered a couple of years ago through a friend of mine who is a shaman that when he, when my son was born in 2004, he was actually a natural born shaman. He didn't realize he was gifted until a couple of years ago. Okay. So we're dealing with all these. What's your question that you have for Jim? What can he focus on for you? Um, with these these nightmares or terrors that I have had of ones where I can't find him or I've been shot at or I've been followed or I've been stabbed, I've been choked, I've been drowned, I've been pushed okay, over a bridge. <laughs> We get it. Yeah. yeah so things like this, things, like, things right. like that. It's like, mm-hmm. how, how, how am I dealing with, how am I dealing with that? Or how do I deal with that other than trying to call in my archangels and trying to surround myself with that white light? Yeah. There's uh, yeah. something that you're trying to realize and you're having a dialogue with yourself in the dream space. This is one of the easiest ways of conceptualizing what's actually happening in a dream. It's an it's an internal dialogue between you as an egoic being and you as an unconscious being. And the two sides are talking. The unconscious is spitting up the content. You're interacting with it. It's turning into dream imagery. So when we get into dream interpretation, we try to understand what is the symbolic meaning of the imagery. And I can tell you, as uh, from all of the mothers out there who have to let their children go out into the world, knowing that the world can be a dangerous place, I can tell you that there are many of them who have had dreams that are similar in content and theme to yours, where they lose their child in a dangerous situation, and they're looking everywhere for them, trying to find them. Also, as your child ages, they may not remember what it was like when you were, you know, playing peekaboo with them or greeting them when they get home on the school bus. Uh, the What you went through as a mother with your child, the experience you had with them is something that will change over time as they become an adult. And the nature of the relationship changes and it can feel like you're losing them. And that comes through a lot in the anxiety and dark dreams that moms have about their children with these themes of them dying or being lost or being in a war zone or some other kind of dangerous situation. It really, what it's expressing is an internal dynamic where you feel like you're losing your child because they are changing and the child that you once knew is no longer there. They're not the kid who got off the bus. They're not the kid who you can wipe their nose. They're, you know, I mean, if he was born in 2004, then, you know, I'm doing some quick math in my head going, yeah, he's, you know, legal adult now. Or Yeah, he just turned 18. So you feel like there's, you want to be able to protect him from all the dangers of the world. And if he is gifted, uh, then he's going to need a little extra help. 
and that adds another layer to your concern is that, yeah. you know, uh, people who have these gifts are often quite sensitive and the world can really chew them up and spit them out if they're not mm -hmm. equipped. They can also, they do learn if their lessons from this. They can also become some of the most potent people out there and well-equipped to be able to handle situations that let's just say most people wouldn't even have a clue. So there's also that side of it. And if you can bring that out in him somehow, it might help you to feel more comfortable. Um, the last part about it is you might consider getting a past life regression with him. Uh, if you have someone you trust as a therapist, uh, a past life regression therapist, because that opening scene seemed to mix the idea of warfare in with modern plus ancient or old, you know, we don't bayonet these days, you know, our guns yeah. are very efficient for what they are meant to design to do, you know, so we don't have that kind of close combat anymore and at least not very often and not with bayonets. So I, as you described the scene, you were giving some really incredible details that I sometimes find in dreams where people are actually in situations where the, the things are playing out in the world and they are there in an energetic or spiritual form, or at least observing it in a way that they're there to play the role that they're, they've been gifted to do. And you said you've been doing this work with helping people transition over to the other side. It's a very special role to play. And it makes me wonder whether or not your dreaming mind wasn't fusing together various scenes of things that are uh, true to some extent. Like that war scene, there might be someone else who look who could look out at that same scene and go, "Yeah, I was there. I experienced it. Yeah. I've seen this before, uh, and I've I've encountered it. It's pretty rare, but I have encountered it. And there are people who are gifted in this way. It's very important. You said that you call in the archangels and you know how to make yourself work in the light and fill yourself full of the light, knowing that you're always protected when you're in those spaces. But I would look also at if there is something inside of you that is uh, giving you an unordinary amount of fear for your child. And I don't know how to define unordinary for you. I can't even tell you if it's a real word, but I think you know what I mean. Um, uh, yeah. Dave, do you have anything on this? Because uh, you've been giving yeah. some great advice. I'd like to hear you on this. I'll go with this aspect. First of all, I recommend for you and your son two books. One is called The Gift. The other one yeah. is called A Still Small Heather. Voice. Nope. The one by yeah. Echo Bodine. Echo Bodine wrote a book called The Gift, and she wrote a follow-up called A Still Small Voice. I believe you and your son should both read it. It's really good at helping you understand. You said that he was a natural born. This is something you've always had. You're, you're grasping this without any formal training. Both of these books can at least help put you on the right path. Jam hit on it. Listen, we're at a stage. I'm a, I'm a father. My youngest daughter just turned 16 and is driving now i'm, I'm watching my children <laughs> slip away right yeah so, mine refuses to drive on the other side <laughs> your child is growing up and giving away their childhood and the safety of being a child so you're both energetically connected uh so you're going to affect and impact each other's energy i believe so you're going to have that connection. So his fears may be playing into your fears. Um, you know, they say that we reincarnate into soul circles. So you may be seeing an imagery of your son from the past. But listen, you'd have to be blind or living in a cave to not know what's going on in the world around us. There are school shootings every day. There are horrific shootings at nightclubs, at Walmart, at Target, mm -hmm. at 
Uh, and then there's the war going on in the Ukraine where we're seeing fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, mothers and fathers and sons and daughters fighting for their country. And they're staying behind and they're being wounded and losing their lives. If you're clairsentient, you have that ability and empathetic, it, you're going to be picking up on that. So I think, obviously, we all have things we need to work through in our own waking life that that pour through into dreams. But you're also given that extra layer because of what's going on. So I think what you need to do is yeah. read these two books to learn to close yourself down energetically so that you're not taking on the wound of the world, which will start to impact and affect you physically and psychologically and spiritually. But, um, you know, embrace the times you have with your son and, and make sure that you start to give him the strength to feel he can grow up now. It's okay. It's okay to not have that fear in both of you. But thank you for staying up with us tonight, Julie. And I hope that the insights from JM and I will help you out a little bit in your journey. Definitely. What was the, give me the, the name. Oh, if I can remember because I've, I've heard of it before. The, the book is called The Gift. And the other one is A Still Small Voice. And the author? Echo Bodine. Okay. Spelled just like Echo sounds. Echo Bodine. All right, Julie, thank you so much. Uh, We've got to move on. The information, if you go to my Amazon shop, you scroll through, you'll find all the books in there from Echo Bodine. She's a great leader. But again, I don't want to minimize our guest or his book as well, because his book will help you through a lot of the nightmare aspects. But your gift is something that you need to work on uh, for you and your son. So thank you, Julie. Uh, We have one one last uh, hanger on that she's been a champ. I do want to say real quick before we bring her on, I'm seeing a lot of different questions in the chat room. Um, I'm going to do a bonus episode in the next week or two here. Uh, I have a guest that does things on lucid dreaming. Uh, So for many of you that are asking questions that are focused on um, why don't I remember my dreams, those aren't fitting into tonight's parameters where we're talking about nightmares and these elements. We will get to them. I do see an important question that popped up that I want to take just two seconds to try to give some time to. Stuart Quinn says, Dave, may I ask a question? I served 18 years in the military. I killed people. Can I be free of this? He believes he's going to hell at this point. It's a, it's an interesting situation um, that you're in because, you know, uh, there we've been taught through different layers that when standing up and fighting for yourself and even in biblical references, fighting for the right, fighting for the good, that um, it's, it's a righteous war. There is no such thing as a righteous war. So I understand your confusion. I would definitely recommend, um, please, Stuart, look into EMDR therapy, EMDR, and it is eye movement uh, therapy. And it it is freeing people with PTSD and dealing with those deaths and facing that, getting over it, getting past it. And, and I don't want it to sound belittling getting over it lives were taken. It is a big thing that you did serving our country. First of all, thank you for doing that, doing a hard job and doing what was required of you, um, which may be against what you are and who you are as a person. I believe that life is filled with many chances. And if you are leading a righteous life now where you are doing good and making good and helping people living in a place like that, getting out of the negativity and the, the darkness that you were a part of, Hopefully that will help you. And it's not an easy answer and it's not an easy way to get there, but look into EMDR therapy because there are practitioners in every state and um, they love helping veterans and helping people rid themselves of this. Another great uh, person to uh, 
oh good god now his name just jumped out of my brain i've had him on my show numerous times um Email me, Dave, at Paranormal60.com, Stuart, or any of our veterans out there, um, and I'll, I'll send you the, again, EMDR, and I'll send you to uh, this guest, and I, I'm i embarrassed. He's a, a legend, and his name is completely popped out of my head, but he helps um, uh, yeah. uh, he helps veterans deal with this as well, this post-traumatic stress disorder, but I didn't want you to think you're being forgotten, uh, Stuart, even though it doesn't fit in to the topic necessarily, um, the nightmare of what you had to live through is still very important. Uh, Lindsay, we are coming to you next. Lindsay, thank you for being our final guest and staying up late. We'll go a little longer tonight. Thank you. What's, what's your story for us tonight? What's your nightmare? Um, well, I've had this, can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Okay. I've had this nightmare since I was a child. I'm in an abandoned, like dilapidated farmhouse. I'm searching for something. I don't know what it is. And I'm adamantly searching and there's this voice, you know, you got to find it. You got to find it. You got to find it. Um, the closer, you know, and it's daytime when I start out and then all of a sudden it's nighttime. And the closer I get to finding it, there's something. And when I was a kid, I was just looking around the house and then it kind of turned into like a shadow. Well, recently um, it's two men and they're all black. They got black shades on their heads are kept down and as soon as they appear in the dream, I don't care what I'm looking for. I don't care how far I got. I am just filled with such fear. I have got to get out of that house, but I can't find a way out. And then when I wake up, I'm on my back, which I don't sleep on my back, which I think is like a sleep paralysis maybe. Um, and I know I'm awake, but I can't really move. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm <gasps> and I sit up and I get extremely hot and my heart is just pounding. But I, I never know what I'm looking for, but I never find it. Well, first, um, I want to the sleeping on your back. Uh, one of the a very frequent uh, source of nightmares is sleep apnea, because mm -hmm. apnea is the constriction of the airway as you're sleeping or that's it's constriction of the airway sleep apnea happens as you're sleeping and it's more common than most people know. Um, and what can happen is your body's emergency response system activates after your airway has been, uh, shut down and it can produce nightmare imagery, uh, in situations. One of the common symptoms is to wake up with your heart pounding, uh, uh, gasping for breath, um, uh, feeling like a pounding headache. Uh, so these are, these can be symptoms of sleep apnea and you can use okay. a uh, sleep app on your phone to record you as you're asleep. It, they have these voice activated uh, uh, apps on phones these days, and you can set it to just record you as you're asleep and you'll hear yourself because you'll first, you'll be snoring and then it, you'll hear it totally stop. And then you'll hear yourself go for 10, 20, 30 seconds. Then all of a sudden, you're pulling in that air through the constricted airway. It's not a good way to sleep. Um, so that's the first thing. But you said that this started earlier in, you know, it's been going on for a long time. And I'm not seeing the sort of imagery in the dream that's usually related to sleep apnea. Uh, the strangulation, choking on an object, things like that are common for sleep apnea. Uh, that type of nightmare <clears throat> imagery. You're looking for something, something and yeah. I, boy, I really wonder what it is. 
Um, I don't know, but I feel like something doesn't want me to find. Maybe it's me, you know, maybe I don't want to know, like you said, with someone else earlier, but. That was okay. You already went there. So I'm glad I didn't have to lead you there because, yeah. you know, when, when you're in a dream, you're really exploring yourself. And especially mm -hmm. when you're in a house, wasn't that where you were, you were in a house, right? In the dream. Yeah. And I, I never see outside of the house or outside of the window, but it's always a dilapidated, fallen apart, you know, yeah. rundown house. That would make me wonder whether there is some kind of condition or circumstance in your life that's been going on that that dream is expressing it like a metaphor. A dream imagery <clears throat> is wrapped around an idea. There's a mm -hmm. feeling, an idea, something is at the heart of it. And the imagery actually kind of wraps around it in a way and symbolically expresses it the same as a metaphor. So when you look around and you see the condition of that house being, you know, bad it really you would start going is there something in me that this expresses is there some area of my life this can be really hard for us to admit to ourselves but so it's not to say that you are like you know a trashed house that the, yeah. <laughs> you know because that you know so let's put that aside. Well, some days you feel like a trashed house. I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <it's just> that <laughs> Seriously. You, feel, you might feel that way about something. You might feel like some, somebody or something has blown through your life and made a mess of things. It's not to say that you're necessarily responsible for the mess, but I don't see anyone else in the dream who's there to help you to clean it up. So, right. you know, taking responsibility for it in some sense is going to be the beginning of your healing and the beginning of, of getting this part of yourself cleaned up. The, there was also, you said that you have this sense of there being the, something dark that's there, and mm -hmm. it eventually turns into these two men. And, you know, it's really interesting when things come in pairs in dreams, because it can mean that it's archetypal. And this comes out of a, a, a branch of psychology called Jungian psychology, named after Carl Jung. And what he identified is, is that there are things deep down in the mind that are called archetypes, and they're like patterning forces for thought and behavior. They are the interfaces between us and the deeper world of the psyche. So for this thing to take form as these two men, I would think that there might be something that is archetypal beneath it, which means that there's something very powerful and potent there that a lot of people confuse for being paranormal but it's not paranormal in the traditional sense because it's something that actually exists outside of our out, outside of our normal physical reality. Uh, mm -hmm. And archetypes show themselves through the way that they influence things in our world, but they're not something that has a distinct form in and of itself. It's more like information that gives a pattern to it. If you've ever put nail filings on a piece of paper and run a magnet beneath it and the nail filings now line up like soldiers in formation mm -hmm. that's the same way that you can think of an archetype it's like a magnetic force that influences things in the way that you think feel and perceive so and they usually come in pairs so it's really interesting also that it's male i would look to mm -hmm. see if maybe there's been something going on in your life where you feel like there have been dangerous men in your life or if you perceive masculinity itself as being something that's potentially dangerous for you, you know, patch, we hear the word patriarchy thrown around a lot these days. And what it basically mm -hmm. means is rule by bad men who use their strength and other characteristics of their gender 
to subjugate other people. And we've all experienced it. Even other men experience it who are not sort of the alpha male who will beat everyone else over the head to mm -hmm. get what they want. If you've been subjected to that kind of thing or even lived in a kind of environment where, where that kind of fear and force pervades, then it could be something that had a deep effect on you. And that could be what the dream is symbolizing as those two men. That makes sense. I hope so. Lindsay, hope just, just, re yeah, just remember too, Lindsay, you know, it, we never, um, you know, we never give ourselves enough credit for who we are and the things that we do and accomplish. Start maybe even keeping a, um, I know this sounds so cliche, but keeping like a gratitude journal, uh, things that you're yeah. thankful for, things that you're thankful that you've done for that day. What did you do? Start mm -hmm. showing your accomplishments. Um, because yeah. sometimes it's, it's taking back that power. You know, James <laughs> talked about a lot of that tonight in the fact that we are often feeling like a victim of our own circumstance and, mm -hmm. you know, that I'm, I'm constantly searching and I can't find what I'm looking for, but I'm not sure what that is. That yeah. directionless, <clears throat> that rudderless feeling, um, I think is where a lot of the world is at right now. So you're not, I don't want you to feel you're alienated right. and alone. And I'm not saying that you're not special and that everybody's going through this. <laughs> I don't mean it in that dismissive way. Sometimes it's just in the category of sometimes feeling like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not yeah. broken. Other that people are feeling helps. this too, too. Right. So I want you to know that that is a, an epidemic that is around the world right now. And, and we are in an uncertain time. Um, and it's, it's scary. And it's, you know, even kind of playing back into our last guest's dream, you know, the paranormal is prevalent most in times of war, in times of loss, because that's mm -hmm. when people seek outside the normal for answers. That's when mm -hmm. we've gone in, in droves to <laughs> psychics and spiritualists and seeking. And maybe we've created a rupture in time by going to those moments, drinking from that well, creating that pull. And, you know... I think it's time we start to empower ourselves, give ourselves the credit for who we are, where we are in our world. And it's okay to be broken. It's okay to make mistakes. Um, those are not the things that define who we are as a people. And it's okay. It's getting back up, dusting yourself off and getting back in the game. That's what will define right. who we are and what we do. So I just want you to know that you're not alone in, in any of this, Lindsay. And Jane gave you some great insights and concepts into what's going on. And I hope that that'll start your journey into a little bit of healing for yourself and and giving yourself permission to not know everything. Because right, yeah. sometimes we want that, that control. That is a big problem, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is, is wanting that control. Lindsay, thank you for listening. And thank I'll you tell you what, since you, stayed, since you stayed on the longest for us, you uh, mm -hmm. email me, Dave, at paranormal60.com. Oh. I'm going to get a copy of the book, Nightmares, for you, you so that you can have it from JM DeBoard, okay? Oh, I appreciate nice it. You. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lindsay. And, All right. you know, Dave, I think she's looking for the power within herself. Lindsay right. strikes me as the kind of person who maybe was denied her own power through the sense of herself and who she is as a unique being. And mm -hmm. maybe that's what she's looking for. It's lost inside that house. It's lost in her past. If she can find it, even just imagine finding it, then I think it'll do a lot to help to kind of lift her sails. For those of you that were being trolled by somebody in our chat room, I apologize. I will try to keep a better look. That's why you've seen my eyes scanning a lot of the comments. And unfortunately, there are idiots out there uh, from time to time that are just trying to stir the pot. I will make a couple of our regulars that I know and like 
uh, moderators to help me police that and, and keep an eye on it. So thank you very much for staying in. Just ignore them. Don't even answer when you see people like that, because that's all they're seeking is attention and it's negative attention. And that's not what we're going to give them here. Um, Jan, before we leave, the big question was, how do we beat these nightmares, these recurring nightmares, things that are keeping us? I know there's no one magic bullet for this, but yeah. can you give us a, a couple of quick steps before we say goodbye tonight in how we can start to empower ourselves again, embolden ourselves so that we feel more in control, both in waking and in sleep? Yeah, well, studies have shown that if you want a nightmare to go away, then get the message. You know, the I call nightmares the shock therapy of the dream world. And there's a reason why it has to shock you because milder methods aren't working. You've probably had other dreams that tried to address the same subject and they didn't get your attention or prompt the response from you that was needed to do the healing or the fixing. Something in your life needs attention. It's probably deep in yourself, but it can also be driven by circumstances. You're in a relationship that's no good for you. Your job is so full of pressure and stress, you need to change, but you're afraid. That's natural. But can you go on under those circumstances? You know, uh, it, probably not. So something needs to be addressed in your life. And that's why you're having the nightmares. So let's first use the approach to the nightmares that they're trying to help, even though it's shock therapy, uh, even though it can be terrifying. There's a reason why it's gotten to that level and also that it takes two to tango uh the you you are creating the experience for yourself you know dave people think that they are subjected by their dreams when they're really bad they feel like victims and i point something out to them as i say well who created the nightmare and they can say well well it was me but it feels like it's you know and i go well let's go back to the fact that it's you something deep in you. It's not you necessarily as a conscious being, but something deeper in you is creating this experience for you because you need it. So claiming that responsibility for the nightmares is a big first step to helping them to resolve. Getting the message so you can use techniques of dream interpretation. I teach all the basics. I have a lot of books out there, but I'll suggest that you go to dreams123.com. So 123dreams123.com. I teach a system of dream interpretation, a whole process of it, step-by-step, step, one, two, three. And it can take anyone from zero to 60 pretty quickly. You can basically start tonight. And by tomorrow morning, you can wake up with a systematic approach to your dreams. You need to understand what it is that the dream is really trying to tell you. It is screaming in your face when it's a nightmare. It, and, and you want to get the message if you have any hope of resolving it and making the nightmares go away. Pay attention to them. Don't hide from them. Write down the content with as much detail as you can possibly remember. And then approach it and look for the symbolism in it. But also understand that it's an experience that you're giving yourself and that this is trying to help you perhaps become a greater person than you would be otherwise. I've seen this happen with people who don't necessarily, they look around at their life and they go, well, you know, JM, I, I'm not in a stressful job. I don't have a bad relationship. You know, I don't have anything dark lurking from my past. You know, there's no suppressed memories or anything. 
And right. I go, well, are you too comfortable in your life? And this is something that is perhaps giving you the shock to get you out of it because you are being called to be a greater person and you won't reach for that. You won't reach deep inside yourself to find it unless you're forced to. And sometimes that's what nightmares are doing. You know, I've, I've mentioned a waking nightmare that I have, folks, and I don't know that I've mentioned it since I've been here under the umbrella of the Paranormal 60, but I, I suffer from a syndrome called imposter syndrome, and it is something that um, mm. tries to control me. Imposter syndrome, for those of you that don't know, it is that sense of at any moment, somebody's going to realize I am the worst podcast host in the history of podcasts. I am the worst paranormal investigator ever on TV. And I don't know how I got this job. I feel like I stumbled into it by accident and that what I have to offer is not important or relevant or going to do any difference. And that actually I've, I've started to ascribe to the fact that that's an okay feeling to have because I guess it's keeping my ego in check so that I don't get out of control with, Hey, I'm TV's Dave Schrader and mean it. I can be self, uh, you know, actualizing and realize that it's okay to question where I'm at because then maybe it'll keep me grounded to these points. But that to me is a waking nightmare. Every day I live with that fear that I don't belong here and that I don't know why you people give me your time, but I thank you for doing it. So nightmares and and waking nightmares like this are things to empower us to give us control and and make us realize how vulnerable we are to life but that is again not what defines who we are in life and that when we have these nightmares we have to look into why they're there and it, as jam said sometimes they're there to help us grow to push us beyond the place of comfort because that's where growth and the most experiences happen. And in any case of every millionaire and successful person out there, every one of them will tell you that they only got where they went when they pushed past the place of complacency and, and comfort. And this is a call to you mm -hmm. from your psychological and from your physiological and spiritual self saying, it's time to take that next step, whether it's going back up that staircase to the top of the lighthouse and opening the door or realizing that, you know, the thing that you're looking for has been with you all along. These nightmares, these aspects of who we are, it's okay to have them and it's okay to be afraid and realize we're human and we're vulnerable. And don't beat yourself up about it because I think that's where a lot of people are right now in the world, Jam in life and in, and in the resting world, it's coming over. They feel so out of control with everything going on around them and looking at the big scope of the globe and how horrible things have been for the last two and a half years, it is overwhelming. But when you take the task again, realizing that just start to control the things in your life that you can control, just take back those powers that that will start to embolden you and, and strengthen you again for dealing with the things that you have to deal with teaching yourself, reteaching yourself how to do that, and that you don't have to solve the world's problems, but by solving your own and, and taking those steps, emboldening yourself, giving yourself that strength, you will start to shine like a night light, like a, 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 a lighthouse to others. And, and by right. showing your own strength, you'll actually help others. And therefore you will be able to uh, move past these nightmares in waking and in sleeping moments. And that's my take on it, JM, but I'm not the Reddit genius you are. So uh, <laughs> I will yield to your expertise. 
Um, thanks for staying uh, in longer with us tonight, JM. I appreciate it so much. Been a pleasure. Yeah. I'd love to have you back. Maybe every couple of months we can come back and do a bonus episode. Just give people a chance that are dealing with nightmares to come on and talk to you about it. Would you do that? I would love to. And I have a lot of content that I get from Reddit where people share things with me that I can come here with. It's anonymous for them, you know, and we sure. can, uh, I, I, boy, I tell you, some of these dreams will just knock your socks off. And Dave, I want to say you're the real deal, bro. You ain't no imposter. Thank you. Yeah, Thank man. you. I appreciate I see it. That. I sent it off of you. So yeah. Uh, you. Great advice, by the way. Thank you for being my uh, kind of co cohort or, uh, uh, I, I loved being able to hand the floor over to you and have you pick up on the ideas that I started with. I thought we made a pretty dynamic duo there. I agree. And let's, uh, we'll, we'll look at doing this more often. Maybe, like I said, once a month, we can come together and, and do this. And you've got your own podcast. Let people know about your podcast and how they ah, can keep up with you. Uh, the dreams that shape us. Uh, we've uh, almost 30 episodes now and we go deep dives into the stories uh, and lives of people who've had dreams or many dreams that shaped them, shaped their lives in really, really important ways. There are a few of them that are so paranormal, Dave, that it will just knock your socks off. I know there are people out there in your audience who will dig it. So the Dreams That Shape Us podcast with my uh, co-host, Steve Ernenwine, he creates custom music for it too. So the music fans out there, he's, you know, my my co-host is quite the uh, keyboardist and, and uh, songwriter. Cool. So how yeah. can people find it? What's the best way to go locate it? Uh, anchor.fm slash dreams that shape us, or just put dreams that shape us into your uh, favorite platform. I, I use Google podcast. I know a lot of people use Apple, uh, and, uh, it, it should be on all of them because it's distributed far and wide. So awesome. Uh, yeah. And thanks again, for, we have a thanks link. for uh, remembering that. I appreciate Certainly. it. And I'm sure my co-host does too. We've got a link up for our guest's book on tonight's program guide. And uh, I'll tell you what, as a courtesy, send me one of your episodes that's chock-a-block full of the weird paranormal aspects, and yeah. we'll air it as a special episode of this so people can find you and uh, take Ooh. that journey with you. Okay? Okay. Yeah, sounds good. I'll uh, I'll Great. shoot you an email when we get off the air here. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you all for joining us tonight and spending a little time here. I'd like to thank my guest, J.M. DeBoard. Get his new book, Nightmares, Your Guide to Interpreting Your Darkest Dreams. We have a link for it on tonight's show guide. I want to thank all of you, brave listeners and viewers, followers, for staying up with us, sharing your stories, and being a part of tonight's program. And thank you for visiting the Paranormal 60, allowing me along on your journey, both in waking and dream hours. May the darkness be just a little more light with the information that we shared here. And make sure to like this video if you're watching it on YouTube. Thank you to all of you who are watching the replay of this as well for being a part of our, our journey. And for you podcast listeners, make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give it five stars. That would be a dream come true. Thank you for spending your time here with us. We will be back Friday with the best in paranormal news with the Paranormal 60 News crew. And we'll be back again next week with more of the best of paranormal podcasting. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is the Paranormal 60.